Welcome to Equipping the Persecuted Radio, sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. Equipping the Persecuted is a ministry that is a boots-on-the-ground ministry, which is a very important concept. In fact, uh, just recently here, the last week in January, there was an attack in Nigeria uh, by Muslims on Christians where nine people were killed, nine Christians uh, were martyred for their faith. And Equipping the Persecuted is already out there, boots on the ground, going and rebuilding uh, this ministry and, go, well, rebuilding the, the town and helping out the Christians, providing aid where is needed. And of course, along with that, they're always bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a ministry that is uh, incredibly important and one that I would suggest that you go and support, and you can support them at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. Well, I'm your host today, Pastor Sam Jones, and today's show we have a pastor who is very much a boots-on-the-ground kind of a pastor, and our guest today is Pastor Ken Peters, and he is the founding pastor of not only the church at Planned Parenthood, but also Patriot Church. Pastor Ken, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Pastor Sam, and it is an honor to be on your uh, brand new radio program. Congratulations, and and thank you for making me one of your first guests. Yeah, thank you. Actually, this is our, our second show, so we're uh, we're super excited about uh, how this is going, and we're we're just thrilled, uh, absolutely thrilled to have you uh, here today. And like I said, you are the founding pastor of both Patriot Church and uh, the Church at Planned Parenthood. And the the interesting thing about both of these is that they are not just churches, but they're they're actually movements. And so the first one I want to talk to you about is uh, the Church at Planned Parenthood. Now, tell us a little bit, what is the Church at Planned Parenthood? Because I know this is a boots-on-the-ground ministry, and it's a totally different idea than what most people uh, think of when they hear the Church at Planned Parenthood. And so just tell us a little bit about this. What, where'd you get this idea, and, and what is it? Yeah, I probably should clarify, as always, as to what the Church at Planned Parenthood is. People hear that, and they, they're thinking, but Planned Parenthood as a church, that sounds evil. No, it's its not that at all. It is literally the church gathering at Planned Parenthood and having church. Very simple. We just go to Planned Parenthood, we have church. It's such a simple idea for the church to gather there, but why shouldn't we gather there? They're, they are uh, what it, It's a terrible industry. They're taking uh, human life and making money on it. I couldn't think of a worse industry. And uh, so that ought to be where the church is. True religion is uh, visiting widows and orphans in their time of need. And, and there's no greater orphan than the child whose parents and family uh, does not want them and is disposing of them in essence. So, hey, our religion, true religion, is to meet them and visit them. So well, that's what we're doing. We're visiting them in their time of need. We're being a voice because – they have none, and uh, we're also rallying the church to uh, be active and 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 be salt and be light. So that's that's what the church at Planned Parenthood is. It's it's a godly, wonderful uh, movement spreading across the country. 
Amen. In fact, it's it's something that I participated in. Uh, we've got a, a church at Planned Parenthood here uh, where I'm currently at in, um, well, not Hudson, Iowa, in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Our, our Planned Parenthood shut down. They got so afraid uh, of, you know, Christians going out and singing hymns and uh, and reading scripture and the preaching of God's word uh, and praying uh, that they went and they, they closed their doors. They've been closed for like four or five months now. And then uh, so we started out and we went to the next nearest Planned Parenthood about an hour away. Uh, but it's it's just been incredible uh, to see what happens. And of course, God does, I mean, he, he cares about physical property. And the way I look at this is this is reclaiming uh, from demons what, <laughs> what, what demons have taken. It's reclaiming it for God. Uh, have you seen some of that uh, happen? We've seen many where we started many uh, facilities, abortion facilities in uh, Washington have closed down. It's been miraculous. The one in Knoxville burned down. Unbelievable. Now, of course, they try to they try to pin my prayers on arsonry, but we didn't pray for arsonry. We didn't we didn't we don't endorse any of that. But we were very disheartened that the the facility in Knoxville was tripling in size. They had a building project going on, and they were going to be moving into second trimester abortions versus just first trimester abortions. And it broke our hearts to see Planned Parenthood increasing their facilities and their level of evil. And uh, so we were praying against that. Now, what God does is what God does, but fire came, right? And and it burned to the ground, so it, it was a setback. Now, my prayer is by the time Roe v. Wade uh, hopefully, in Jesus' name, get struck down. Um, Planned Parenthood uh, will not be in Tennessee, in Knoxville anymore. That's my prayer and my hope. But yeah, we've seen God do crazy, miraculous, wonderful things. And uh, I've been to, I've been to the one that you've done out there in Iowa, and and uh, you know it's just really meaningful when you gather around that place and you see it. You know they say ignorance is bliss, That's and right. so sometimes. It's- Sometimes it's good to just be there because, see, abortion is all done in secret, brother. You know that. Mm-hmm. It's on those walls. It's done with doctor's gowns. It's it's hidden. It's in a it's in a secret place. And and uh, but God is a God of light. And so he wants to shine the light on things. So it's when you go there, it brings it to mind. It brings it to heart and it makes your prayer very meaningful because it's right there in front of you. That, that's right. And, you know, you, you mentioned that the uh, the Planned Parenthood in Knoxville uh, burnt down and, you, and that you guys aren't uh, out there saying, you know, and encouraging arson or anything like that. Uh, but, but I do know you're a fiery preacher, but that's not what you mean when you say you're a fiery preacher. Uh, but, 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 but sometimes God does work in mysterious ways. And, uh, and, and we do know um, that was one way to stop uh, the, the murder of children. And uh, how sad is that? Like you were saying, that they're getting ready to ramp it up and to start murdering children in the second trimester. And of course, you know Tennessee. I mean, that's that's the the Bible Belt. That is the buckle of the Bible Belt. It is a, a completely red state. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it it is fitting that abortion is stopped there. Yes, I mean it. it it's like you said. We we never endorse criminal activity. We would never support that or be involved that in that in any way. But God is God. What God does is up to him. Our, our job is to pray and worship. We fight against uh, spiritual darkness and high places, and, and we use spiritual warfare. But we are, we are grateful to God for whatever he does. 
Um, and so we're thankful for that. But yes, sir, uh, please, Lord, let abortion be stopped in Tennessee and around this whole country. You know, when Ro- when if if Roe versus Wade gets struck down or overturned, um, our work has just begun, brother, because about 24 states will have trigger laws in effect that will um, seriously hamper abortion in those 24 states. But those other 25, 26 states, it's going to go nuts over there because people are going to travel to those states to get their abortions. So we're going to have some real interesting times in our country, almost like the days where you had slave states and non-slave states. You're going to have abortion states and life states, and it's going to get real interesting in the United States of America. It, it is going to get real interesting, and we're going to have to go on break here real quick. But when we come back from break, I want to go and ask you about what you believe the pastor's role should be in the culture war. And, of course, not just in culture war in general, but specifically with life, but also you know, what, what should pastors be doing. And so we'll be right back after, uh, after a quick break. There is a crisis happening in Nigeria. Christians are being murdered and driven from their homes at the hands of Muslim terrorists. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted is a mission organization that helps persecuted Christians in Nigeria by sending aid directly to persecuted Christians in need. When a Christian village is attacked, Equipping the Persecuted is there to respond with food, medical aid, and materials to rebuild their churches and communities. Equipping the Persecuted has boots on the ground ready to respond to an emergency. Within 48 hours of an attack, our team is there to help those in need. Prayerfully consider a monthly donation to help impact and save the lives of persecuted Christians. Equipping the Persecuted doesn't just raise awareness about persecution or just talk about it. They take action. Visit equippingthepersecuted.org and donate today. All right. Well, on today's show so far, we have Pastor Ken Peters, and thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Pastor Ken Peters. And like I mentioned before, you are the uh, founding pastor and and senior pastor of uh, the church at uh, Planned Parenthood and also uh, Patriot Church. And the church at Planned Parenthood, it's not the church of Planned Parenthood, but it's at Planned Parenthood. And that is something that's uh, very important to make a distinction about. Um, And I want to talk to you, though, about what you believe the pastor's role should be in the culture war. Because I'm sure you've probably never heard this before. I say this a little facetiously, uh, that, that pastors just shouldn't be involved in politics. You've probably never heard that before in your entire life. You've never had that accusation made. Uh, but Never. Yeah, yeah I mean, do, do you believe pastors should be involved in politics? Brother, in my, in my mind, pastors should be leading the way in all things having to do with righteousness. Uh, after all, the breastplate of righteousness is one of our pieces of armor for spiritual warfare and we can't just toss away the breastplate because we're a pastor listen um the the religious the spiritual wars have in, have are all up in politics and so there's a great spiritual war in all facets of life um from politics to uh wherever you know it, it's it's in every area of life and so no we're not going to avoid certain areas with some piet, you know, pietistic uh, mentality that, oh, we're too holy to engage in these dark places. Politics is a very dark place. That's 
where you need the light more than any other place. I think it Amen. is in the swamp in, the, in those, in those places. So I don't believe that for a moment, uh, one bit. No, I, I'm right there with you, of course, and uh, pietism is something that has just absolutely wrecked our nation uh, because uh, churches have gone and they have retreated from the culture war as opposed to going out and meeting the culture war. And I, you know, the way I look at it, and I think you, you would probably agree, is that we can't actually be fighting the spiritual fight if we're not engaged in culture. Because, I mean, we're, we're not to be a uh, a city that's that's hidden under a basket. We're not to be a light that's hidden under a basket. We're to be a city on a hill, and, and that means people have to see us. That means we have to be engaging the culture. And uh, like, like you said, pastors should be doing that. And d- does our country have a? Because I know your your Patriot Church. D- does our country have a history of pastors actually going out and and meeting the culture? Well, just look at uh, Peter and Frederick Mullenberg, pastors in the. Uh, early war for independence they were they were one was in new york uh uh, frederick and and peter was in i believe it was uh massachusetts or pennsylvania and and, uh he he his church his local church literally became one of the regiments in 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 the army and and you see pictures of him in our capitol building with him riding a horse right beside president george washington then general George Washington. So pastors were George Washington's right-hand man. And then Frederick criticized Peter for um, being involved in politics. And later his church was burnt to the ground. And suddenly he got the revelation that maybe we ought to get involved in this political stuff, you know, this war. And, and so he joined the ranks and became uh, one of the one of the drafters of the Bill of Rights, one of one of the two main uh, uh, authors of the Bill of Rights. So, yes, pastors have been and should be and unfortunately are not in our day and age involved. And it's showing. And, and I, but I believe God is raising up a, a remnant of pastors like you, Pastor Sam, uh, a remnant of pastors that are saying no more of this stupid pietism that is that you know i get people the number one criticism i'll get is you know when i'll go to church i just want to get away from it all i want to get away from the battle i want to get away from i just want to go and have a therapy session with jesus and forget about all my troubles well i understand that i want to break from trouble as well but you know what that's exactly what is costing us the soul of our nation is everybody goes to church and instead of dealing with stuff that is going on around us we're taking a break from stuff well i don't see i don't see that in in scripture where we're supposed to take a break from all the issues that we're facing in our world i think we should face it head on I, I, I'm right there with you. In fact, Jesus tells us to occupy until he comes. And unfortunately, I think the only thing that we're occupying a lot of times is a pew. And uh, God, and that's not what Jesus means by that. He doesn't mean just go occupy a pew. He means get out, get your, your boots on the ground and go and encounter and, uh, and, and con- uh, really confront culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and so what, what are some practical things uh, that Christians can go and do to get engaged in the culture war? You know, it's that it's multiple things. You know, on Sunday, well, our church is no different than any any other church that's a strong Bible church. Now, there's a lot of mm-hmm. pathetic churches. They were before all this stuff started happening, but 
but we have like action cards that we'll pass out to our church uh, where our whole church can take action. So we're not just talking. We're also, like you said, boots on the ground. That's what this show is all about. Boots on the ground. We are a boots on the ground church. We, we hand out practical application cards like, Hey, call this Senator about this issue this week or be in prayer uh, this week about abortion because the Supreme court is going to make a major ruling. So we, we hand out something like that every Sunday, pretty much every Sunday. So our people can be active in this nation being salt and light. That's incredible. In fact, uh, a few months ago, I had the privilege of being able to go go to your church and actually speak there. And it was, uh, I think it was like Life Chain Sunday or something something to that effect. It was a national thing that was going on. And one of the things that impressed me was even though it was, it was literally raining and it was cold and it was nasty out, uh, you, what you guys had was your, you had your action card. And one of the actions was on there was right after church, right after lunch, was to go and to get out and to do a life chain and to go into hold up, uh, you, you know, pro-life things across the highway to go and to convince people of this. And, you, you know, one of the things I often get pushback from, and I'm sure you get this too, is that, uh, you know, the, the gospel and politics are, are separate. In, in what really was a revelation for me, because I, I love sports. I know you love sports. You, you love your Gonzaga Bulldogs. And mm-hmm. I, I would go out and, and do uh, basketball, you know, ministries, go out and play basketball. And it would be a ministry because it would really encourage people because they would, you know, dunk on me and stuff like that all the time. But, uh, but, but nobody had an issue if I was reaching people through the avenue of sports. But all of a sudden when you decide, hey, I'm going to go reach people with the avenue of politics, it, it became a problem, even though... God never tells you whether or not to play a 2-3 zone or man-to-man defense, but he does go and tell you exactly what your politics should look like. Have you seen that a little bit where people think that you can't reach others for Jesus Christ through politics, and yet you find out that you can? Yeah, it's it's a deception. The enemy wants us to not be involved with politics because that's the, that old saying, all it takes for a bad man to take over is for a good man to do nothing. And uh, the good people, thanks to the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ, are in the church of Jesus Christ. We're only good because of Jesus, but he makes us good. And so we need to be out there and and be salt and light. So yeah, your point is uh, spot on. We can do it through to basketball. But see, I think when you go after nations, you get, you know, basketball is one thing. But when you're going after nations, the Bible says the government will be on his shoulders. We pray for Mm -hmm. his kingdom come, his will be done. Well, Jesus is a king. Amen. And so when you start with politics, you're, you're messing with kingdom stuff, and then it ups the ante. Now you're in a kingdom war, not just a, a, a basket war <laughs> with basketball. That's right. Amen. Well, we've got to go and take a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about Christian nationalism. That is quite the buzzword in today's culture, and it's probably a topic that you know a lot of people don't understand, and it might even tick some people off, but that's what we're here for is to tell the truth. So we'll be right back after a few quick messages. God's Word tells us that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Truly, sin is a mark of America today. Every second, 28,000 people are watching pornography. Since 1973, over 65 million babies have been slaughtered on the altar of convenience through abortion. And 70% of millennials are likely to vote for a socialist. Sin truly abounds and is a reproach to our nation. But how do we get back on track and be exalted by God once again? Hi, 
I'm Pastor Sam Jones, and I've written a new book that traces the steps of America's fall and gives us a road to redemption. It's called Five Steps to Kill a Nation and How to Stop the Bleeding. You can get a copy of the book at theshininglightministries.com. There is a crisis happening in Nigeria. Christians are being murdered and driven from their homes at the hands of Muslim terrorists. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted is a mission organization that helps persecuted Christians in Nigeria by sending aid directly to persecuted Christians in need. When a Christian village is attacked, Equipping the Persecuted is there to respond with food, medical aid, and materials to rebuild their churches and communities. Equipping the Persecuted has boots on the ground ready to respond to an emergency. Within 48 hours of an attack, our team is there to help those in need. Prayerfully consider a monthly donation to help impact and save the lives of persecuted Christians. Equipping the Persecuted doesn't just raise awareness about persecution or just talk about it. They take action. Visit equippingthepersecuted.org and donate today. Welcome back to Equipping the Persecuted Radio, sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. I'm your host, Pastor Sam, and today we've got Pastor Ken Peters with us, and he is the senior pastor at Patriot Church. That's right, Patriot Church, and of course, when you have a name like that, you have to talk quite a bit about this topic of Christian nationalism. So Pastor Ken, tell us, what is Christian nationalism? Are you a Christian nationalist, and and what does that mean? You know, I would have never started a Patriot Church 20 years ago because the the battle hadn't ramped up, you know, to this extent. I probably should have, but I, but I wouldn't have even thought of it. Um, but we are in such a, a state today that it requires a good Christian people to to stand up right now in this day and age. But Christian nationalism uh, gets thrown at me a lot. We get regular calls from the national press. Uh, just recently, we were on. Uh, national public radio about two or three weeks ago and a couple months ago we were the on sunday morning we were the topic on meet the press and so i got a call yesterday from the biggest tv station in finland and they want to know about american christian nationalism you know christian nationalism is a term that is that has been thrown on us we didn't choose it right you and i would call god and country and and Mm -hmm. god and country used to be a good thing it used to be a Oh, you're a patriotic Christian. You're you're a great American. Well, now if you're a God and country or a patriotic Christian, you're a Christian nationalist. Now that statement, you and I would go, hey, I, I would have, I'd embrace that statement. It's not a bad statement. Right. Christian nationalist, the opposite of it, secular globalist, right? <laughs> Christian secular nationalist globalist. And, so, and you're not a, a secular Christian. globalist, huh? And, and I, that that <laughs> is. The, that's the system of the beast. You and I that both is. know that. That's that. The uh, that's the move of Satan himself, the Antichrist, uh, the beast itself. So yeah, we are not secular globalists. We are Christian nationalists. If you're gonna, if you're gonna just look at the dictionary definition of terms, but there, there's uh, Satan is always a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. There's an underpinning to that term. Christian nationalist is a term that was given to. Uh, the church, the church, the preachers, the Christians in Germany, when Hitler uh, was uh, on the move with his Nazi movement, the church and the Christians and the pastors joined up with Hitler 
to be at least complicit towards uh, Nazism and most of them endorsing uh, Nazism for whatever reason, whatever motive. So they were called Christian nationalists. So when they call us Christian nationalists, what they're actually doing is is it's a nice way or a subtle way, I should say. A, it's actually evil. It's not nice, but it's a subtle way of calling you and I Nazis. Now, what is ironic about that is we are actually right now the resistance. We are not working with the government. We're the ones that are having a problem with all these mandates that are thrown down from the king of the United States, the the supposed king, the the uh, illegitimate king of the United States, Biden. And we're the ones saying, no, we're the ones standing. We're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they're calling us Christian nationalists. But you know who really is the Christian nationalists? That would be, you know, by their definition, that would be the woke church. That's they're right. the ones that are that are saluting and saying yes, sir, to whatever national mandates are coming down. So it's rather ironic that we're the ones that we're actually the resistance. We're not cooperating. In fact, you and I, Sam, we're a, we cause a lot of trouble, actually. We, we, we do cause some trouble once in a while. Uh, it, you, you know, at least every other week, I think, is when is <laughs> <laughs> we, we get in trouble. Uh, you get in a little bit more trouble than I do, which is which is great. I, I'm sitting out here going, the, the national press is just so mean to you. They're always nice to me. The local press is just nasty to me. And I think your local press is a little bit nicer to you than the national press, at least. Um, but, which That's I always true. just find find true. just so ironic i'm i i'm like going oh hey the new york times wrote a piece on me hey they actually made me look like a sane competent person what's going on uh they didn't even say a mean thing about me but uh no you're you're absolutely right and i i think back to the revolutionary war of course there was the black robed regiment which is where we're where what we're in is the black robed regiment that went and stood up for our nation but then there were also tory uh pastors at the same time ones who were redcoat pastors uh, yep. And in fact, I was reading from uh, John Adams, and he talked about that quite a bit. The, really? The, the Tory, he was writing to Abigail, and he was like, yeah, this pastor's a Tory. And he made the statement that every Tory is uh, is bribed. And so he's saying that this pastor was being bribed. And, you know, wow. a, a lot of pastors today, like you said, they're standing up for the mandates. If you go look at those PPP loans, a lot of churches went into government money uh, to go in to keep their doors open as opposed or not to keep the doors open, but to keep them shut. And so that they could just keep ca- cashing checks. Uh, but I know that we, we kind of came from a different uh, realm. We kept our doors open for Jesus Christ. Come on. Absolutely. We did the same thing. and We took a lot of fire for it, but uh, I'm glad we did. Amen. So, so where can people find uh, find you, Pastor Ken? Where, where can they uh, find out about uh, the church at Planned Parenthood or Patriot Church? Where would you direct them to go to? Yeah, the, the best way to follow us would be patriotchurch.us, patriotchurch.us. You can also find me on social media as Pastor Ken Peters or Pastor Ken Dash TCAP. That stands for the Church at Planned Parenthood. T-C-A-P-P. So on pretty much all the social media sites, I'm Pastor Ken Peters dash TCAP. T-C-A-P-P. That's the best way to, to find me and stay in touch. All right. So go to, uh, it, it was PatriotChurch.us, right? Yes, sir. PatriotChurch.us. It, isn't that isn't that just the perfect name right there? PatriotChurch.us. <laughs> isn't that great? I lo- We just love that website. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And, and you know, there there is a, a growing number of Patriot churches, too, because this isn't just one Patriot church. There is a growing number of Patriot churches. And can you just give us a quick update uh, as to what's going on with the Patriot Church Network and that movement? Yes, sir. We have we have campus churches and network affiliate churches. So uh, one is one is 100 percent ours. The other is a is an affiliation. So we have four campuses and one network affiliate and we have three about ready to happen so we have orlando uh florida is about ready to happen we have houston uh texas is about ready to happen and and there's another in the hopper so uh we're growing we already we already have lynchburg knoxville spokane washington moses lake washington so we'll, we'll be up to six campuses here god willing very soon and and we just want it to spread we we, we want it to be a brush fire uh grassroots type of ministry yeah, and, and I believe this is exactly what our nation needs right now is we, we need pastors and churchmen to go and to stand up and to speak out for the truth, to speak out for their country, to speak out uh, for the love uh, of, of the preborn, but also, of course, just for their countrymen right now is all this, this evil is just absolutely coming upon us through socialism, through mandates, everything that's going on, and, and you are doing that. And so thank you, Pastor Ken, uh, for doing that. Is there anything you want to uh, tell our listeners here just before we hop off? No, thank you so much, Pastor Sam, and 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 you are doing that as well. So uh, we sure appreciate the the books you written and uh, and all you're doing and this new radio program. Man, I'm excited. This this is going to be a great show. Well, praise the Lord for that, and thank you so much for coming on, uh, and thank you for listening to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Remember, Equipping the Persecuted Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. If you would like to uh, to go and to support that ministry, go to equippingthepersecuted.org, and also, uh, if you have something you want to tell us, uh, go ahead and email us at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. Uh, This is Pastor Sam, and remember, keep standing for the truth.